You're listening to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Rydell. Each week, I'll bring you conversations with the most passionate business owners on this earth in hopes that you'll be able to absorb their wisdom, avoid their failures, and feel less alone on the roller coaster ride that is entrepreneurship. This season, I'll be chatting with creative thinkers, masterful marketers, brick and mortar shop owners, well known visionaries, and people just like you who have a story to share or a brand that inspires. If I can share one quick secret with you before we get into the episode, it's that we all have a little bit of visionary inside of us. You know, that spark that nudges us to pursue our full potential in this lifetime. But perhaps somewhere along the line, it got covered up. I'm here to tell you that it's never too late to explore that inner voice and access the brilliance deep down inside of you. It's in you. It's in all of us. Let's dive in. Foodies Unite. Here on the Visionary Life Podcast, we're often spotlighting the incredible entrepreneurs behind some of the top health, wellness, and nutrition businesses, not only because of my background as a holistic nutritionist and keen interest to dig into the success tips of those of you who are thriving in the industry, but also because it is becoming so apparent and more widely accepted than ever that without taking care of your health first, you cannot even run a successful business, period. So I love bringing you these conversations with people who are really pushing the movement forward to take care of yourself and really take ownership of your health. Today is no exception as I sit down with Samantha Gladish, who is a hormone fixer-upper, a real food lover, and a weight loss coach. You may recognize her under the avatar Holistic Wellness Foodie on Instagram, or perhaps you've picked up a copy of her book, The 30-Day Hormone Solution. Samantha has been working with clients to support their health for over 15 years and has created numerous online training programs, ebooks, and coaching offerings. At present, she's worked with women in more than 30 countries. In this episode, Sam and I chat about the path she followed to become a holistic nutritionist, her top three health habits for performing at her peak state as a busy entrepreneur. We talk about her background in teaching fitness and working in sales and how they helped her to build her business. She shares how she built her business, Holistic Wellness Foodie, and where it's at today. We talk about how she became an author of her first book, The 30-Day Hormone Solution, and so much more. So enjoy this episode with Samantha Gladish. Oh, and P.S., if you are super excited to listen to this episode with Sam, I'm also going to assume you'd be excited about saving money on health foods and on supplements and on natural products that you're already buying on a weekly basis. Yes, I thought your ears might perk up there. So head to healthyplanetcanada.com and fill your cart with $49.99 or more of the most life-giving supplies and use promo code VISIONARY10 at checkout to save 10% on your delivery. I use my own promo code, not going to lie, and I just stocked up on natural toothpaste. I bought Walita Skin Food Face Cream because, oh my God, it smells amazing and it's so hydrating this time of year. And I also grabbed some of my favorite Bob's Red Mills, so chia, flax, one-to-one 
gluten-free baking flour replacement, all the things. So again, Healthy Planet Canada is where you can place your online order for delivery and use the code VISIONARY10, so VISIONARY10 at checkout. All right, on to the show. Sam, welcome to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm super excited to finally sit down virtually with you. Um, I know we have been chatting maybe on and off via email, trying to find a date for almost a year now. So I'm so grateful that we were able to make this happen and that we're going to hear all of your brilliance around starting your nutrition business and all the wonderful things you have going on today. So thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I'm glad we're able to make this work. Yes, I know I have a ton of nutritionists and foodies who listen to the show, so I'm sure they are familiar with you. But for people who haven't been introduced to you, I want to go with some quick fire questions to start off. So first things first, I'm wondering, what are a few things that you do for your health that help you to be a high performing entrepreneur? Awesome question. So definitely sleep. That's a big one on my priority list because I do think as entrepreneurs, that's probably one area that we neglect, especially in the beginning phases of of our business, right? So sleep is a really big one. I have really healthy boundaries around my sleep and I am not an early riser. So I just sleep in and wake up naturally. And I typically wake up probably around like 8, 8.30 in the morning. I know some people probably roll their eyes at that, but that's what works for me. So sleep is so key. Um, being outside in nature as much as possible as well. That's really, that's really huge. Just like it can be just so isolating sometimes just being in your office and behind a computer. So just getting outside. Uh, and we actually recently just got a dog. So it's really nice to just be outside and go for dog walks. And um, so that's always really key. And then nutrition, of course, I'm such a foodie. I love to cook. I love to bake and I love to just get creative in the kitchen. So just eating really good quality whole foods is, um, is yeah, what, what makes me thrive. Those are three really solid tips. I love that. And it's so funny because I've never thought I also have a dog, my husband and I, and we both like, we love taking her out for walks, but I never really thought about how for me that actually is a habit that helps me perform better at work. Because when I get out, take her on a long walk to start the day and I'm listening to a podcast, like everything just starts like stirring up and I get all the creative ideas. And I swear that having a dog is like, a secret to having a wonderful, successful day. <laughs> it's so true. It's because like you have you have to take care of them. You have yeah. to take them out. So it forces you to take that break, right? Yeah. So yeah. yeah. And congratulations on your new addition oh, to the family. So Thank cute. <laughs> um, what is your go-to meal that you would cook on a busy weeknight when you're short for time? Oh my God. Anything in the instant pot. <laughs> basically. Mm. Yeah. Anything in the instant pot. There's this really great recipe that it's actually in my book. It's my, it's like a chicken sort of Italian tomato stew. It's, it's so easy. Just throw some chicken thighs in the instant pot with some vegetables. So it's a great way to use up whatever veggies you have in your fridge and throw it in the instant pot, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, it's done. It's anything that's quick and easy and, and healthy as well. Love that. Yes. And we will definitely talk much more about your book later in the episode. And final rapid fire question. What would be your favorite way to wind down or disconnect after a long work week, which I'm sure you have many of those? Yeah. So typically 
I would say on like a Friday night, my, my partner and I will, we'll go for dinner. That's just kind of, kind of the thing is like, get out of the house yes, and yeah, maybe go try a new restaurant or something. And it's, it's just nice to just have a different environment to be in. And I feel like I can, again, separate myself because my, I work at home all the time. It's just nice to create that separation um, and yeah. not just always go from the office to downstairs into the kitchen. Um, so it's nice to kind of like shut the computer down on a Friday and like head mm-hmm. out, enjoy the evening out, especially if the weather's really nice, like go for a walk by the water. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I typically look forward to on like a Friday or even a Saturday night or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's so important that if you are working from home to actively plan activities that get you out of the home. And yeah, yes. Friday night dinner is something I can also appreciate because it's like, ah, I've been cooped up for five days and now I'm just ready to get into the outside world. <laughs> totally, totally. And get out of my like pajamas and Lululemons and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Put a little bit of makeup on, take the hair out of a bun. <laughs> yep, Absolutely. All right. So let's maybe hear a little bit of your origin story. So how you got into the nutrition space, um, starting at whatever logical spot you want to start at in your life and and walk us through to kind of where you are today. Yeah. So I've always been innately interested in food and nutrition and just kind of wellness since I was a little girl. And I grew up in a household where my mother made everything from scratch and my grandmother as well. So I was always around like whole foods and the garden and just always really connected to that. But of course, when you're a teenager, those healthy habits die hard and you're eating like fast food and all of the things, right? So I was always really interested in nutrition. I didn't actually realize it's something you could do as a career. Uh, So I went to U of T, University of Toronto. I actually studied, uh, I did a specialist in religion and a minor in English, which, which was actually really great because I got to study really like I got to do this deep dive into Buddhism and Japanese culture and Chinese culture. And it was really interesting, but it was in my university years that I had some seeds planted. Um, You know, one of the guys that I dated in university, his family was really like hardcore into organics. His brother was practicing Chinese medicine and they planted some seeds for me. And then I had met somebody who was um, currently enrolling into the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition. I was just like, what is this school? So I had all these little seeds planted and I um, decided to go look up the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition. And I basically, when I finished my graduating year at U of T, the next like fall, uh, I just went and applied and um, started at the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition. So that was kind of the origin. Like I always kind of knew I wanted to be in the space, but just didn't know how. And so after graduating from CSNN, I was like, all right, let's, let's do this. I'm going to coach people, start a practice and kind of took it from there. And what year was that in? So it's 2020 now. How long have you been in this industry for? Well, I mean, I've been coaching for 15 years because even before, so, okay, I went to CSNN about 11 years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give or take. And, um, but I've been coaching for 15 years because I used to teach yoga, Pilates classes, kickboxing classes. I was a personal trainer. So I was in the health space for quite some time. And um, 
and you know, naturally when you are a personal trainer, you, you talk about food with your clients, right? So I was giving recommendations, but I wasn't, you know, quote unquote, fully certified at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I've been, I've been really coaching for about 15 years now. So amazing. So oh, wow. obviously you kind of had that coaching piece down. You knew how to guide someone towards better food decision and to make better lifestyle decisions. But did you have any formal business or entrepreneurship training or did you just dive into starting your business? Like, well, I guess I'll just figure it out as I go. <laughs> Basically, yeah, I had no formal business training or anything like that. I've always worked in sales. I've always had sales jobs, but nothing that taught me how to actually build and grow my own brand by by any means. Mm -hmm. So what did that first year or the first few months look like? Like, did you have your stuff together? Did you write a formal business plan? Or did you just kind of like put out your offer to the world and see who wanted it? Kind of take us back to that um, early phase of starting. Yeah, it's a little bit blurry. And it there was no formal business plan or anything like that. I did not know what I was doing. I graduated from school and In fact, I will never forget being in the business class at school and the teacher saying, you know, you could charge $75 an hour for your services. And at that point, at that time, hearing that, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I'm going to make so much money and I'm going to help people like doing what I love to do. So I was so pumped. And then of course you graduate and you're like, okay, I've got all this knowledge where are the people? Like, how come no one's banging down my door right now to come work with me? (laughs) And so I, I would just kind of put feelers out there. I mean, I was teaching different like fitness classes and stuff. So I would kind of plant that seed that, Hey, I could help you with meal planning or, you know, whatever health issue or, and, and so I kind of just planted those seeds here and there. I would get the odd client, I don't even know what I was really charging. I know I was undercharging. I had no idea what I was doing. I will never forget the very first meal plan that I ever made. Oh my God, it's so embarrassing. I like, I was basically taking colorful construction paper and like (laughs) taping it all together and trying to make it this like beautiful, colorful thing that they could like put up on their fridge. And Oh, I will never forget it. And I was like sitting there with all these markers trying to like write it all out. I'm like, this is, this is, I know this is not how you do this. And so um, I remember just like scrapping that, ripping it up and then getting onto the computer and actually writing something (laughs) out. But yeah, it was so ridiculous. And so, you know, those first few clients, like I I just, I really didn't know what I was doing. And um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what that looked like. I... I just kind of winged it basically yeah. for the most part. And I was basically working with any anybody who would pay me, great. I will work with you. Mm-hmm. I'm sure many of us have experienced that. You know, if like if it's a family wanting to work with me, get their kids healthy, great. Oh my God. If someone's gonna pay me to talk nutrition, wonderful. You know, I was working in men's health and women's health. It was kind of all over the map. So I I just I didn't have I didn't really have a vision at that time. I didn't have a plan at that time. Um, So of course I wasn't making a lot of money working with clients just randomly here and there. So I went and I did get 
I did get jobs in the nutrition and like health and wellness space. I was working in health food stores. I was managing health food stores. I went on to become a sales rep with a health food company. Um, so I was always working in the health food space and still trying to get clients here and there on the side. So that's mm-hmm. kind of what it looked like in the beginning. Well, I think it's it's nice to hear that because like I said, we have a lot of uh, aspiring nutritionists and wellness professionals who listen to the show and sometimes they, they can look at an established business and go, oh, they must have just known from the beginning like what to do right. and they probably wrote this all in their plan. But the truth behind a lot of businesses is that they just start as I don't know what I'm doing. There is no plan. We'll see who is kind of attracted to my messaging. And I'm just going to put feelers out there and it's going to be messy. And it is messy for the first couple of years. Um, But you learn as you go and you learn as you take action. And one of the things that I think um, is really important to kind of hone in on is that you were out and about in the community, like you said, teaching fitness classes, teaching yoga classes, working at health food stores, which is such a great way to build your audience and connect with people that could be your target client, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, just sitting behind a computer for 40 hours a week, just expecting people are going to discover you online isn't always the best way to build a business. Sometimes you have to have that part-time job. You have to be in the places where you know your clients could also be hanging out. And Absolutely. yeah, I just think that's an important point to to recognize that you didn't just like go full-time with this right away. So thank you for no sharing way. that whole origin story. Yeah, of course. No problem. Now, I'm curious when somebody asks you today, what do you do? What would be your kind of response in a nutshell? Man, I wear so many hats, as I'm sure you do too. Yes. <laughs> so I am a nutritionist, I'm a coach, and I primarily focus on women's weight loss and hormonal health. So that is pretty much really what I do. If, if someone were to ask me that, that, you know, that's, yeah, that's it. But yeah. there's also so many other things because I consider myself just as much a marketer as I do a nutritionist because I had to really learn marketing and building a brand and email marketing, online marketing, you know, all that. I had to learn all of that. So I really do consider myself just as much a marketer as I do a nutritionist. And I also do business mentorship as well for other practitioners and online service providers and coaches. So, I mean, to really narrow it all down, I guess coach kind of sums, <laughs> sums it up, but I coach mm-hmm. in so many you know, different areas. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I love that you, you kind of uh, shared all of that with us because it's so nice to, first of all, connect with someone else who is very multi-passionate and is sharing that um, without shame. Because some people think, oh, I should just kind of niche myself in one right. area of my business. And th- although I'm passionate about something else, maybe I shouldn't explore that area. But It is possible, right? Like you are a multidimensional human. You have many interests. You started a nutrition business, but you also had to grow the business. So naturally, uh, there was a whole other side happening of, okay, how do I refine my sales skills, marketing skills, community growth? And I think it's really cool that now you've been able to take that as almost a secondary business to be able to teach other practitioners what your journey has looked like. Um, So why don't you tell us a little bit about 
the Holistic Business Collective? Because I, I think a lot of people would be curious um, what that branch of your business looks like. So first of all, explain what it is and who you serve with that offer. Absolutely. So basically, a couple months ago, really, I started this Facebook group called the Holistic Business Collective. And it was really this, it just kind of came out of this passion for me to want to talk about business. I have a really big following on my, my Instagram, on my you know, holistic wellness foodie page, which is obviously all nutrition and food and everything related and women's health. And I'm like, this isn't the platform for me to come on here and talk about sales copy and funnels and email marketing. Like, I'm not going to do that on this Instagram page. So I started another Instagram page, which is just my name, Samantha underscore Gladish, where I could really promote myself as a business mentor and talk business. And then I also wanted to create more of a, an exclusive community where people can come together and we can talk business. So that's where I created the Holistic Business Collective. I was like, I want to, I don't just want to be posting on Instagram, but I want to also create like a community space where we can all come together. So that's, that's what I created. And in terms of who I serve, I basically work with practitioners, nutritionists, and online service providers and help them grow and build and scale their online business. It does not have to be somebody in the health space. I've coached lawyers who've actually wanted to create an online program and teach others how to pass the LSAT. I've taught musicians who have created programs online where they're teaching kids how to play music. Um, so it doesn't really matter the industry per se. Um, I definitely do get a lot of practitioners and nutritionists mainly because of my background in that space. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how that started. It's amazing. And it's so cool that we live in a day and age where when we learn something and when we have gone through a life experience, we can package that up and teach it to another human being, right? And we have access yes. to anyone through the internet these days. So if I resonate with you and if I like how you've built your business, of course I'm going to come to you if I want to launch a similar business or if I see that you have a skill set in marketing or sales funnels or whatever it is or everything. Right. If I want that, I'm going to come directly to you. So I think it's wonderful that you've packaged this up and are now teaching it to others. Now, I know marketing is such a hot topic when people are first starting a service-based business. Like, how do I get my name out there? How do I get my first few clients? What do you feel are some of the most impactful marketing efforts that an early stage online business owner should focus on or consider? Yeah. So, I mean, you kind of brought up earlier, like your niche and whatnot. I think it's important to have some sort of idea. I you know, I, I get that there's so much info out there about like, you have to niche down, you have to niche down. And I do think that's very valuable. I think the clearer you can get on who it is you're serving and their pain, the easier it will be to attract those people. And of course, for you to create your content around that. However, a lot of us start out not really knowing who that person is that we're serving. And that's okay. That shouldn't stop you from moving forward. So if you're, you're listening to this and you know your niche, wonderful. Continue to think about their pain and their problems and how you can solve that and what type of content you, you can create for that person. And then on the flip side, if you really have no idea, are you working with men or women or kids or what's the age group or what's, you know, what's the health issue? 
I know on some level, there are probably a handful of topics that you love to talk about, that you feel really confident in sharing. And so just go and share those things. You know, if you just love to talk about, I don't know, veganism, if you love to talk about baking, if you love to talk about gluten-free, if you love to talk about sleep, like I'm sure I know everyone has, especially in the health space, there's probably a handful of topics that you really feel confident talking about. Like just go out and share it. And Mm -hmm. this really just comes down to being visible. You have to be visible. That's really what's key is get out there, find where your people are, like in terms of platforms, what platforms are they using? Are they more on Instagram? Are they on Facebook? Maybe this is going to be a little bit of trial and error to figure it out. But you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have it all figured out. You just have to start and you just have to be visible. Just go and post some content. Just show up for your community. It's just important to keep taking the action because that's what will lead to the clarity. It's so true. I always think of a quote similar to that. It says, action produces clarity. And it's so true. Like just sitting in your apartment or in your home trying to figure out what that vision is or what you should be doing, it never works. Like you have to just do one thing and that logically leads you to that next step. Um, But sitting around twirling your thumbs doesn't always produce the clarity we are desiring. And I love that you share that knowing what you can teach, essentially, like, what are you passionate about? What's a topic that really lights you up that you could talk about, whether it's baking or veganism, like you mentioned, Um, that is a form of marketing, right? Teaching somebody else about something that you love, but maybe they don't know a lot about, that is getting your name out there. Um, And like you said, it's getting visible. Um, what do you do in your business today that gets you visible? Like what are some of the platforms or the different, um, visibility efforts that you focus most of your time on? So definitely Instagram and mainly that's because I, I love food and I love food photography. So that's why I was so naturally drawn to the platform initially because it's like, oh, I can, it's not just writing something, but I can actually put imagery to this. And I was so, I was so attracted to that, especially being in the kitchen and cooking a lot, being able to showcase what you're cooking and making. I mean, I know I'm always drawn to the food images more than just the recipe itself. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's why I was really drawn to the platform initially. I was like, great, I can highlight all the things I'm baking and cooking and all this stuff. So I spend a lot of time there. And so that's, by far the number one platform that I'm, that I'm most visible on. And so using Insta stories and doing IG TV and posting on my feed and um, especially the videos like IG TV or Insta stories. I do spend a lot of time on Insta stories because people want to see you. They want to see you. They want to hear you. They want to see your mannerisms. I mean, that is how you build such a faster connection with your community. So I know so many people are scared to get on video and be on camera and they're like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to share. Um, So again, that was just me kind of diving in and being like, people got to see who I am. Like if I want to grow this business, I got to get out of my own way and just show up so Mm -hmm. people 
can see me and so I can really connect with them. And so I just dove in and um, even though it was uncomfortable at first, for sure. So I definitely spent a lot of time on Instagram and then I don't really spend too much time on my like Facebook business page. I typically, I mean, we have Facebook and we use Facebook, but I'm more active inside like our private groups and our community groups that we have. Um, and then I typically just share from Instagram over to Facebook. Um, so I kind of kill two birds with one stone, so, so to speak. And then podcasting. So, um, podcasting is, uh, you know, every Tuesday we have a episode that goes live. So I think it's been almost two years now or a year and a half now. So, um, that's definitely, I guess, another platform where, where I spend a lot of time and I'm visible in my beginning phases. I was blogging. I was blogging mm. a lot. Um, that was kind of the platform. It was putting up a recipe post or putting up an article or, or some sort of blog, blog post, and then sharing it to Facebook. That's what I did in the beginning phases. Um, and then again, when Instagram came along, I kind of made that, that switch over there. Hmm. Yeah, I love all of that. And I think it's so important to honor the, the shifts in the way people want to receive information, right? Like you yes. weren't stuck in blogging so much that you're like, okay, I have to keep blogging and I can't start a podcast or I can't do, you know, these newer efforts like Instagram stories. You have to evolve with the times, right? Where is yes. your audience currently consuming content and you kind of have to go there. Um, I know podcasting for me has been, it was something that I loved consuming. So I thought, right. you know what, I'm pretty sure a lot of my dream clients are also consuming audio content. So yeah, right. you, you just have to keep on shifting. And at the end of the day too, I think it's important that whatever efforts you're doing that you enjoy it, right? Like you said, it was uncomfortable sure. to be on Insta stories at the beginning, but I'm sure today it feels a lot more comfortable. And I've seen your stories before, you're confident, you rock them. Um, and I think people love seeing the behind the scenes of what actually goes yeah. on in a day, yeah. right? <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah. and it really just deepens that relationship with people that are, are following you. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I know you mentioned you have a passion for food photography, and that is something that you've poured a lot of energy into, and that actually led you to writing a book. And I would love to actually dig into that because I teach the business course now at CSNN, and oftentimes I ask people what they aspire to do when they graduate. And a lot of people actually say they want to write a book one day. So I would love right. to hear a little bit about how you knew it was the right time to write a book and like uh, walk us through that process of how it all came to be. For sure. So I was definitely in that in that space, the headspace too, in, in nutrition school, like, yeah, I want to write a book for sure. Yeah. So that was definitely a goal of mine. And it's funny because, well, I went to university and I basically majored in English and I don't know how I majored in English because I'd get like low fifties. I think my professors just gave me that like passing grade because they <laughs> yeah. just saw the effort that I was making. I did not enjoy English class. And you know, that that thinking that, well, if I ever want to be a writer, how I can't even pass English. Like I can't even write these essays, but of course you're, you know, you're studying things, at least for myself, I was studying and reading books that I was just so not passionate about. Mm -hmm. And so when you switch gears and you're, you're in a field that you're so passionate about, the writing just is so much more fluid. And so, yes, I always wanted to write a book, but I also 
I also knew that it was going to come in the right time and the right sequence. It was not something that I ever like forced, especially like I think back, you know, just 10 years. I'm like, oh my God, could you imagine if a publisher had addressed me 10 years ago to write a book? Like I, I, I needed to grow. There was lessons I needed to learn. I needed to go through the business and work with more people to really find my voice and to find the messaging that I really wanted to share with the world. Mm -hmm. And so that took years to find. That took years to develop. It took years for me to enter into this place where I feel like I'm confident in my messaging and who I, who I am as a person to actually share this now with the world. So I never forced it. Um, of course there would be moments where you see like other people getting books and, you know, and having this amazing success and you're like, well, what the heck? Like, what am I doing wrong? How come that's not happening for me? And, and the truth is, it's just, it's the timing. It's just that there's, there's so much more development and growth that you need to go through for that to land in your lap. And so I never forced it, kind of kept it as a goal and just continue to move on with my business and grow my business and do all the things. And sure enough, I ended up and of course built this huge community and this amazing community. And then I ended up connecting with somebody one day on, on one of our podcasts. Actually, I was interviewing someone and they were like, you have such a huge community and this great brand. I'm going to connect you with my publisher. And I was like, Okay. And again, at that time, there wasn't this like, well, oh my God, this is it. I'm getting this. You know what I mean? There was just like, okay, just just being open to Mm -hmm. having this conversation and seeing where it would lead. And sure enough, got on that call with the publisher and we just totally connected and they loved my message and, and it naturally came in the right time and the right sequence. So that's kind of how that happened. And I, like I said, it was, it was really spending those years, like, yeah. Building, building the business and building the community and really honing in on my message um, for that to really come to fruition. And so mm-hmm. my publishers in the US and they actually work much quicker than here in Canada. So I have a lot of friends who are Canadian authors and they've had like two years to write their book. And I basically had like four months. Wow. Yeah. So um, I had to, I had to write fast, basically. And um, there's 60 recipes in the book too. So the recipe development was like probably the hardest part, but also the most fun. So Mm -hmm. yeah, so that's kind of how that that came about. So cool. There's such an important reminder for all of us there not to rush the process. Like you said, it had been on your mind since day one, but honoring the fact that there would be a right time and place. And it sounds like it was a very serendipitous conversation that led you to that. Um, and it came just in time when you you were more confident, you had learned the lessons you'd gone through so many years of running your business. So I think that's really right. cool. Good reminder for all of us. Yeah, Absolutely. So what do your days look like when you're trying to write a book in four months? Because so many of us would feel (laughs) so overwhelmed by this idea of having to turn over a book within four months. Like, and this could be applied to any big project that somebody's looking at going, oh my God, I still have to like work my business, but yet I want to create this course or write a book or do something else. So what did your days and your schedule look like so that you could actually tackle this project with your highest level? level of output. Yeah. So I 
just trying to think back to to those <laughs> days because we were also in the process of selling our condo and like, there was so many things of oh course everything always happens at once right always <laughs> yes so you know it's interesting because especially the creative process and i'm sure a lot of people can create uh, can relate to this like there might be days where I'm like, okay, yeah, I got to write this, this blog post or I got to write this thing, but you're just not feeling it. Like you're not feeling that creative energy. Nothing's coming to mind or you're totally distracted. And it's just, it, you know, it's not going to happen. But when you got a book to write in four months, you, you do kind of have to force that, that process to happen. Cause you have like a deadline. Right. Yeah. So I can imagine, and it's funny. Cause I'm like, if I was actually given two years, I still end up thinking that I probably would have procrastinated and procrastinated and it probably would have gotten written in the last four months because I would have had to like bust my ass to get it done. Right. So, um, having a little bit of that, you know, that fire under your butt to kind of get it done was, was very helpful. And so my schedule was really, I had to, I had to clear out days just like, you know, Mondays, Fridays or Mondays or whatever that looked like. I had to just clear out full writing days. Um, I had to turn off my phone, hide it in another room. Um, even my partner, like he was awesome. He would come and like take the phone from me. And (laughs) so I didn't have distractions. So I had to really get clear on those days and just clear out the day, nothing else but writing. Um, and I'd also set goals of like, okay, today I'm writing a thousand words or mm. today I'm finishing this chapter. Um, so I'd have, I would just kind of have those goals in mind. And then I did work with on my business the rest of the time, especially if I was able to accomplish those goals on those writing days. Yep. It, it really, um, it was great because then it, it allowed me to still kind of coach my clients and work on some other things in my business. I do have an amazing content director on my team. So she helps with like all of our newsletters and our writing and our tech and everything. So it was great to be able to delegate a lot out to her. And and then we were moving. So we it's funny because I um, we were basically, we had our condo up for sale and you know, when they have people coming in to, to look at your condo, like we had two cats. And so like, I would have to leave with the cats and then like oh hours would go by. And I obviously, oh. it's not like I could just take my laptop with me. So it ended up working out perfectly because my sister-in-law, her condo, she was living with her boyfriend and her condo was totally empty. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to go live in your condo for the next two weeks while we're selling ours, because I can't just like take my cats out and go sit in my car while someone's looking in the condo. And, you know, so I'm like, and it's precious writing time. So, uh, I basically went to her place and I lived there and I brought the cats with me and, and I was there for two weeks and that was great because it got me out of my environment. And it was like, I was in this almost like just this new space and almost this like new creative energy. So, um, that was kind of helpful. It was, it was, you know, busy, a very busy time, but just kind of being out of my space and somewhere else where I didn't have that distraction or have to worry about what was happening at the condo. My partner took care of all of that. And so, um, yeah, so that's kind of how that worked out. And sure enough, I, I got it done in four months. 
Yeah. So awesome. Well, you know, they always say if you need something done, give it to a busy person. So I'm not surprised (laughs) that you finished this among selling your house and having to run a business in the process. Um, And I think it's so important to note um, the strategy of getting out of your typical environment, right? And going to a different place and it, it just really does shake up the energy and it if it's the right it space, it can put you in a flow state that you're not going to get in your usual home office or in the usual spot that you work. And I think for anyone feeling stuck, like consider where else can you move your setup? Maybe it's just a different room in the house. Maybe it's actually booking an Airbnb to go do the dang totally. project rather yeah. than procrastinating it, right? Yeah, absolutely. So where can we find the book? Like, is it available now? Yeah. Give us the plug. Absolutely. So it's called the 30 day hormone solution and you can purchase it basically on any major online, you know, book retailer, um, or bookstore, of course, always support your, your local bookstores. That would be awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically any major book retailer and it is, part information and strategy and protocols and part recipe books. So the first half of the book, I'm diving into all things women's health and hormones, liver detox, gut health, um, mastering and like monitoring your cycle, uh, thyroid health, adrenal health. So, you know, that's the first half of the book. And there's some really great protocols and strategies and whatnot. And then the second half of the book, there's a meal plan, a 30 day meal plan with uh, 60 gluten-free, grain-free recipes. And they are, they're my babies, those recipes. Mm. It's like putting all of the best recipes into one book. Um, and uh, actually that's probably what you can see on the back wall there. Oh. We took some photos from the book and just and just put it up on the walls so that it was like a nice reminder of, of um, what, I, what I created. So yeah, awesome. so um, yeah, the recipes are delicious and really, you know, the purpose of the book is to teach women that, getting healthy, supporting your hormones and weight loss. It doesn't have to be about deprivation. It doesn't have to be about restriction. You can eat delicious food. You don't have to eat steamed broccoli and chicken breast all day. That's not what this is about. I want women to love food. I want them to love their bodies. I want them to learn about their bodies and just really eat in a way that's that's going to help them thrive. And so, yeah, that's that's what the book is about. Amazing. Yeah, I'll definitely link uh, all the places you can find the book in the show notes. And I would highly encourage everyone to go check it out. Those photos look amazing behind awesome. you. So thank Thanks. you. For, yeah, for well, we had a great food photographer. So I can't take credit for those. But between a food stylist and a food photographer, um, they make your their, your food look amazing. <laughs> so I guess it, it did take a village in the end to bring this book absolutely. to life. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then I should mention too that um, your listeners can head to hormonesolutionbook.com. And that's where, you know, once they purchase their book, they can head there and enter their receipt number and their info. And we've got over $350 in amazing online bonuses. So some different meal plans and some extra hormone information and um, info on testing, all kinds of stuff. So they can grab uh, all the info there. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, So as we wrap up here, I'd love to ask you just a a last few uh, business-related questions. So first thing I'm wondering, is there a business tool or a resource or a system that you have that you feel like you couldn't run your business without? Oh, man. There's so many different systems we use. So I mean, I guess the first one that comes to mind is our, our email marketing platform, which is ActiveCampaign. 
So that, yeah, that we wouldn't be able to run a business without that. That's where we have all, that's our list, right? That's where we send out all of our weekly newsletters and content. We can do all of our automation in there. So that's probably the biggest and most important tool for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's an awesome platform for sure. Yes. What would you say is one of the most challenging things about running your business today? Hmm. There's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> no kidding. To narrow it down to just one. <laughs> um, the most challenging is is probably on a personal level in terms of monitoring and managing my ideas. Yes. Yeah. That that's the challenge is like just getting really clear on what's happening when. Um, sometimes I'm just such a like fly by the seat of my pants. So, and that can, that can be great, but that can also lead to a lot of overwhelm and like exhaustion because you're trying to like scramble and do things last minute. So I think that's, that sometimes is, is, is the challenging thing. It's like really managing the ideas and the things that you're working on and not, and like focusing on the one, one thing at a time. Yeah. And not dabbling in a million different projects with no greater outcome. Yes. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, I'm wondering, obviously, you are a coach. Do you ever hire your own mentors or coaches that you work with? All the time. Yes, absolutely. Having a coach is going to help you get to where you want that much more faster and with so much more efficiency. So I... I've had a coach now. I've been working with people. I'd say it's actually always been ongoing. Like I've been full time in my online business for six years, even though I've been coaching for 15, but specifically in the online space for six. And I've always had a coach every, every year, all those years. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good reminder. Even coaches have coaches, right? It's not like you just magically figure out how to build this business by yourself. Like we've never gone to where we want to go. So it's so advantageous to seek the advice from somebody who has maybe gone before you or just has a little more wisdom. So for sure. I know for me, it's so important to have that have somebody else that could take this high level view over my business to like see the blind spots or the gaps that I might not see. Yeah. And that can be really helpful. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Uh, this has been amazing. You have so much going on. And as someone who is so multi-passionate, it's awesome to see you shining in all of your brilliance. So where is the best place for people to connect with you and to find you? Yeah, so definitely Instagram. You can find me over at Holistic Wellness Foodie, or you can also find me at Samantha underscore Gladish if you're interested more on the the business side. And from a, again, women's health and hormone perspective, if you want to tune into our weekly podcast, Healthy Hormones for Women, uh, you can also find us there. Amazing. Thank you so much, Samantha. And I wish you all the best. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Visionary Life. I love bringing you these conversations on a weekly basis, so it would mean so much to me if you could help me out by rating and reviewing the show in your iTunes app. You can also support the show by taking a quick screenshot of the episode and sharing it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Kelsey Rydell. I'll catch you in the next episode. P.S. Whenever you're ready, there's a couple of ways that I can support you. 
So first thing, if you're ready to make your first or next $50,000 in business, explore how the Visionary Method business coaching experience can accelerate your growth. There'll be a link in the show notes. Also, if you're feeling lost, confused, or overwhelmed when it comes to starting an online business, reach out and book a free revision call with me. I'll offer you customized recommendations on how to get unstuck so you can live a life filled with joy, happiness, and fulfillment.